Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. It is Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit with Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed their bye week. We didn't have to watch any Patriots football, which was maybe kind of nice for a change there. So no game to obviously break down. So we will do a little Q&A again today. So anyone in the chat, anything you want to talk about, you know, again, this week, quarterbacks, big picture, anything, drop that in the chat and we'll get to it. But we can start with some quarterback talk because we did talk to Bill O'Brien and some of the Patriots coaches this morning. He was not ready to name a starting quarterback. Uh, he said Bill Belichick will do that at some point this week, but <clears throat> kind of made it sound like this is going to be a competition in practice for this, this starting job. And he said the last practice before the bye, Matt got – First team reps, but Bailey and Will Greer rotated in there. So it seems like this one's, I guess, kind of heading for a competition when they get on the practice field tomorrow. I don't know if that's what you kind of took away from it or, or what other thoughts you had from what Billy O had to say. Yeah, it, it, it certainly <clears throat> made it feel that way, I would say, on all fronts. Um, it definitely feels like it's going to be an open competition. I think Mac is involved. I, he made it sound like they're not going to take the job away from Mac for the sake of taking it away from which I know – is what some people want, <clears throat> but this is kind of how it's been. This is kind of how it, can you still hear me? Yeah, you're good. All right, cool. Um, this is kind of how it's been reported all year, right? They may have made a change sooner if they felt like they had somebody to go to to make that change in Bailey Zappi, Will Greer, Malik Cunningham just haven't practiced at that level. Now, part of it, and O'Brien and Belichick have both talked about this, is there's only so many windows for those guys to prove themselves and that was probably helping mac out the big picture now maybe they open some more of those windows up now it, it was interesting and i kind of covered this all i wrote about everything o'brien said on 985thesportsub.com this morning he talked about yeah. at that wednesday practice he said mac took the first team reps bailey rotated in there will greer rotated in there Okay, rotated in at first team reps or rotated in at quarterback? Because what we saw from the brief, and he's obviously talking about the whole practice, we only saw a small window. Did Zappi and Greer rotate in with the first teamers, or they, did they just rotate in as the backups rotate in? That's an important point of clarification. So I, I do still think they are giving Mac Jones a chance here, but I think it is open. I think it is open to... All three of them to win. I, I Cunningham, just based on some of the stuff O'Brien said, I feel like Cunningham 
as a quarterback, maybe a little bit further away. Realistically, if they thought there was a chance he was going to be the starting quarterback, he'd be on the roster. He wouldn't be on the practice squad. But it does feel like it's it's an open competition, mm-hmm. mainly between Mac and Zappy. I kind of throw Will Greer in there just because, again, he's on the roster. We saw him in that rotation. But it really between Mac and Zappy, it feels like it's going to be an open competition mm-hmm. this week. So how do you think that ends, I guess? Because you know my point was when he was saying that and then – Tom Curran asked him later, yeah. you know, the last question, he said, like, Max probably, he's winning these competitions in practice up to this point. And, you know, he's a first round pick. Bailey Zappi is a fourth round pick. Will Greer, mid round pick. Like, he might just keep winning these practice competitions. But then, you know, when it gets to Sunday and on, it's on the game field, it just, you know, kind of falls apart for him. So, like, do you think they can, even if Mac is winning these competitions in practice they should just keep rolling him out there or is there just a point where everything you do on sunday kind of takes takes priority there and, and they have to make a switch to either zappy or greer that's what they seem to be hesitant about <clears throat> because that's essentially benching mac jones to bench mac jones yeah and the other option isn't maybe necessarily better you're just getting him out of the game i know a lot of fans are at that point with mac i don't think that for better or worse i don't think the team is so I do think somebody's going to have to outcompete him. And it was an interesting question by Tom, uh, by Tom Curran. Basically, if Matt continues to be the best pra- quarterback in practice, but it's not carrying over to games, but practice is the only thing that's deciding who starts, not games, doesn't that kind of create a feedback loop? And it, it does. And that might be part of the reason they're in the, the, the spot they're in, that they're putting so much weight on the practice reps and not on the game reps, which I always say, you know, we underestimate what goes on at practice. And I think we should pay more attention to it. But at a certain point, the games are the games. And we've heard, we, you know, how many times we heard about guys who are practice players who are great in practice and can't play in the games or vice versa, right? <laughs> Sunday players. At a certain point, you need to give it a look. But if it truly comes down to who has the better week of practice, uh, unless Bailey Zappi really grilled during the bye week, like, I don't know. <laughs> why does it change now? It, it, <clears throat> unless Mac Jones uh, has such a loss of confidence because of what happened in Indianapolis, that would probably be what does him in. Yep. But I mean, Billy O was saying, you know, he's, he's fixable. He said he was has played some good football at times this year. He's fixable. He doesn't believe in the yip. So, so uh, hang on. On that quote, the, here's the full <laughs> quote from O'Brien. I thought this was notable. I don't believe in yips or anything like that. Mac has played well. Mac will play well again. So Bill O'Brien seems to be of the belief that at some point, in some way, shape, or form, Mac Jones is going to play again. Does that mean he starts this week? Uh, does it mean that that maybe he won't start this week to kind of let him get his mind right, and then he'll start again after that? Is O'Brien talking about way down the road, maybe on another team? Like, I don't know. But O'Brien seems to indicate there that the expectation <clears throat> is at some point, Mac Jones will play again. Yep. Whether it be for the Patriots or not, I don't know. But Interesting little tidbit there. But uh, they will practice back on the practice field tomorrow. I believe they're Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday this yep. week. So typical Thanksgiving um, schedule. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, we usually don't get to see in season much besides just opening stretching. But you know, we did get a little glimpse on Wednesday of that first you know drill after where the starting quarterback goes over and takes snaps behind the offensive line, and it was Mac. So. Then, but O'Brien talked about the other two guys rotated in, but who was it with? We don't know. So we'll be there tomorrow, but what will we see? We we, we don't know, but um, I don't know. Unless you had any other thoughts on, on Billy O or any of the quarterback things, we can, we can move on from that talk for now. 
Um, I think that I, so one other thing that was really interesting, and I think we always knew this, but, and this honestly isn't even about the quarterbacks. I put this in the context of something else. O'Brien was asked when the team will make the call. He was actually asked about Malik Cunningham. And if Malik Cunningham has done enough in practice to garner some looks in this. And as part of the answer, he said, and this is as a, as a general belief quote, I really believe this. And I think this is important to say, Oh, nope. That's the wrong part of the quote. Sorry. Um, here it is. I think assistant coaches make recommendations and head coaches make decisions when asked about personnel. So remember way back when DeMario Douglas got benched yep. and we were asking, is it O'Brien that's holding him out? Is it Bill? Does O'Brien want him out there and Bill won't put him out there? I think we got the answer to that question. I think we got the answer to some of the Kayshawn Booty stuff. When Bill O'Brien came here in January, even before that, we were talking about who's the offense coordinator going to be. We use that term head coach of the offense a lot and, and how autonomous would the offense be after Belichick was very involved last year and it struggled last year. And it's clear O'Brien definitely has more control than Patricia did, but it's clear Belichick is still pulling some major strings. Whether it be again, Pop Douglas, Kayshawn Booty, I would guess Michael and Wynn with right tackle is a Belichick thing because that carried over from last year. Yeah. Um, um, and, and you know, some of the inverse stuff as well. If I'm going to attribute some, I have to attribute all of it, less of workload for Juju Smith Schuster, et cetera. But it doesn't it feel like we kind of got an answer to all of that? Who yeah. is ultimately deciding this bizarre player usage on the offense? Bill Belichick's giving O'Brien the players. O'Brien's calling plays with the players. Bill's allowing him to use. That kind of feels like, based off that quote, what this whole season has been. Yep. Which is really what we didn't want to happen, right? We said, like, right. head coach of the offense, like, let Bill O'Brien handle that. Then Bill Belichick can go back to defense, <clears throat> excuse me, and special teams, which special teams is a mess, too. So, And the reality is, if Bill O'Brien doesn't get that kind of autonomy. Nobody's going to who will sort of yeah. maybe Josh McDaniels. <clears throat> yeah, It's just, if he doesn't trust, if, if Belichick doesn't trust O'Brien at that level, he's not going to trust anybody at that level. Cause yeah. uh, O'Brien's as qualified as anybody they're going to get. He said it today. He's like, someone asked him if he wanted to be a head coach again down the yeah. line, but he, he said today, right? Like I've handled every role in an organization basically that you could as a coach. So yeah, if he's not going to get that that leadership of the offense, then I, I don't see anyone else getting that with Bill Belichick still in the house. So that was your quarterback update again. Maybe we'll see something at practice tomorrow, maybe not. But uh, we can start getting over to some Q&As if you guys want to keep dropping some stuff in the chat. And while you do that, we will first hear from our wonderful friends over at FanDuel. Score early. This NFL season with FanDuel. You know it's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Look, if you're not good at math, you, you even you know that's a good deal. I mean, I'm not good at math, and I, I know that's a good deal. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off your NFL season. FanDuel, 
official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, folks. Now pay attention to this. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right. Let's get this started. Uh, Thoughts on Georgia tackle Marius Mims as a potential draft pick. So we've talked a lot about the guys at the top, Joe Alt, Olufashanu, but then you have this second tier, really a couple SEC guys in Jay-Z Latham and Marius Mims are the next tackles up. So he hasn't has he is he healthy now? He's, I know he, he had was like back an ankle this injury, week. Right? He missed a couple weeks. He was back against okay. Tennessee. So yeah, he's like I believe he's pretty inexperienced. He's only made like five or six starts before because Georgia always has good tackles. But uh yeah, I mean if you can get back in that I'm guessing he's still gonna be a first round pick, but I mean he has some really good flashes. I think he moves pretty well for like a 330, 340 pound tackle. So uh, it, it might be one of those weird spots. Like you might not be able to get him unless you trade back or something. But I, I, I mean, I like the player from what I've seen. I'm just trying to pull up his exact uh, numbers, uh, snaps here. But yeah, <clears throat> raw, uh, raw player. Definitely has upside. He, as, as the commenter points out here, he's only played right tackle. I hesitate to move a guy who's never played on the left side and put him on the left side in the NFL, especially in the Patriots kind yeah. of system. For what it's worth, the same can be said about J.C. Latham, who I, I really like as well. The tackle I'm kind of getting into is Patrick Paul from Houston. Yep. Day two, uh, uh, second round pick, uh, I think does plays the position the way the Patriots want it played. And that, you know, if you're going to go Marvin Harrison or quarterback in round one, Patrick Paul is a guy on day two, I think. There's not a lot of depth in this tackle class. I think it drops off pretty good after Paul. A couple other guys in there, but on day two, a guy who can potentially be a day one starter for you. So I'm a, I'm a fan of his. Um, yep. All right. Another college football question. Ask Barth if he thinks J.J. McCarthy should return to Michigan rather than declare for the draft. I, I I mean, it would be a good idea. He's kind of got exposed here in these last two weeks, which by the way, yeah, so weeks, Michigan no longer has the signals. I didn't really get to watch the uh, Michigan game this weekend, but I heard it didn't look great for JJ McCarthy. He, he was throwing the ball in the team meetings like nonstop. <clears throat> he was what? Throwing the ball into team meetings nonstop. Maryland okay, probably so not... dropped two or three interceptions. Wow. Okay. So I mean he was they didn't let him throw or he didn't throw against Penn State. And then I guess if he had a, a bad game against Maryland. So Ohio State next weekend. That's the test, I guess. We'll really see. Get a good look at him. If he is a bad game against Ohio State, like I I, I said a couple weeks ago, he needed to have a good game against Penn State to even start to be considered in that first-round conversation. I think he's a day-two, pure upside, no-floor player. If he is a bad game against Ohio State, I think you're talking about a guy that maybe doesn't go in the top 100 because they're just every instance against top defenses are going to be X's for him. And at that point, you go back to school because next year's class, the two guys are supposed to headline next year's class, uh, Drew Aller and um, Kyle McCord suck. They're both like bad, like really bad. So 
Schroeder will probably be in the class next year. It sounds like Ewers might go back, but McCarthy with another year and Blake Corum will be gone. They'll probably be throwing the ball a little more. I think it would do him really well. If he can go in the top 100, he probably just comes out anyway. But yeah, I think the, the ship has sailed on. Look, somebody might still take him in the first round. I'd call that a bad pick and a monumental risk. It doesn't mean it's bad, <laughs> though. He's got like Vikings written all over him. I don't just seems like a Kevin Jets. O'Connell like Jets. Yeah. Jets. Jets. Oh, Another Zach Jets. Wilson's not working. I know what we can do. We'll draft Zach Wilson. We'll draft, draft Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Any team, any time, any place, except, you know, most NFL stadiums against most NFL teams. Got benched today. Uh, what could you get from Bill Belichick in a trade? I. So, yeah, that one. I feel like a first round pick is an unrealistic ask. I don't know that you're getting any more than that, but I, I feel like that's realistic. Cause if you're trading Belichick, the idea is like, you're not letting him go to the open market. Somebody's buying their way to hire the greatest coach of all time without having to compete for him at the bargaining table, at the negotiating table you should be able to get a first form. Yeah. I mean, we said last week, like Sean Payton was a first and a second for Payton yeah. and a third, I believe. And, but he's, 12 years younger, he's 59 or, or 60, I believe. So also had less that, success and he was out of the game for a year. Yeah, but I th- I still think you should be able to get uh, a, a first-round pick for, for Bill. I think that would be a, a fair asking price. I, I, I would say first-round pick as well. All right. If Caleb Williams and <clears throat> May are off the board, who's the next best option? So I, I guess there's two ways to answer this question. At quarterback, I think it's clearly Michael Penix. He's the one guy that hasn't kind of given into this quarterback nosedive. I know he didn't have a great week this week, but in tough conditions, he made the he made the guy to have a throws, and that counts for something. After that, I got to come back on a take I had last week. Okay. Probably Marvin Harrison Jr. I know a lot of you guys were mad at me. Somebody called in a catch <laughs> about the Joe Alt take. I don't think I presented that take great. The take probably didn't come across as what it was supposed to be, uh, which was basically it's a conversation. And maybe it ends up being Marvin Harrison when we're all said and done. But I think when you talk about what what the other options are at tackle this offseason, that increases Joe Alt's value on its own. But it's still probably Marvin Harrison. Yeah. I I think it's Marvin Harrison quarterback. Probably Penix still. And, I mean, you talk about another guy who might go back. uh, But Carson Beck from Georgia has really impressed me. He's been playing some really good football. He was had a few awesome, really good throws against Tennessee. So I, I think he's starting to work into that, you know, that maybe that next tier after Penix or, or someone in that range. But again, he could be someone who goes back and maybe is competing for, you know, QB1 work that way up to like maybe a top five, top 10 pick next year. But that, that's just another name that, that I've been impressed with lately. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back, but I'm with you. I think that he's a he, he's done real well for himself this year. He's thrown the ball yep. very well. Um, oh, good question. Would we bring back Jakob Johnson? I would. Whether I would it's too. now or in the offseason, the running game has not been the same since they stopped using a fullback. Helps in pass protection as well. You can help in pass protection. I would go back to the fullback. More and more teams are doing it. Patriots are, are an OG full, fullback team. Jakob Johnson's a good player. Can help reestablish some of that championship culture. Yes, I would absolutely call him. Yep, uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, all right. Um, uh, chances Billy O draft the weapons. I just saw a question mark. I don't really understand what that means. 
chances Billy O draft the weapons. Like, are you putting it on Billy O saying he drafted the receivers? Because or I think in the upcoming draft, right, we'll move on to the next one. I apologize if you want to reword that. I'm we'll trying to answer it. Um, he did. Uh, he did note today that he worked out Malik Cunningham, Malik yeah, Cunningham, to Louisville. So he was he was somewhat involved in some of that process. Um, so who didn't I bring up getting cut? Oh, probably Jakob Johnson. <clears throat> I brought it up on Jacob Twitter. Johnson. Uh, Shadur Sanders, if drafted, do we like him as QB three? Yeah, he's probably in that same level as Penix, but I I would be shocked at this point if he comes out. I I really just. As I'm doing a lot of my QB prep, I haven't been considering him. I I can go back to him if I need to. Like I, I feel comfortable enough placing him, but I, I I don't know about you, Brian. Everything that that we've said that's been said, and everything we've heard out of Colorado, like he's going back. Yeah, I mean his his dad is looks like he's pretty. He believes that he's going back, so I I believe he'll be back too. I, I'm with you. I haven't really been including him in a lot of that QB stuff. So I'm not banking on that, but I, I do like him. Yeah. He's probably be QB three, QB four in there with Penix. Uh, this is an interesting one. This is, I think something a lot of people are coming around to take Marvin Harrison jr. With that top three pick <clears throat> and then either trade up or if you get a first round pick from bill, take Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels continues to be very impressive and has probably worked his way into the first round of conversation. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he's not a first round. That's the most popular mock draft on Patriots Twitter right yeah. now. The Marvin Harris said and then Jaden Daniels at 35 or back in the first round. But, and then you know what? And then you get Patrick uh, Paul and there you go. Yeah. You're in good shape. You're 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 cooking with gas there. But at the same time, I've seen like um, Drake May and then you know Roma Dunze later in the first or or one of those guys or Tez Walker in the third. He had a bad drop yeah. this weekend. Um, all right, any potential third down backs on the radar for the radar for this year's draft? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of starting to dig through that. I can't give you a million names right now. One guy I do like that stood out to me. This is like a later, later in the draft guy is uh Jaquavius Marks from Mississippi state. I think he sees the, the field really well. I think he catches the ball really well. Um, we'll, we'll get more, uh, Donovan Edwards, another one for Michigan, obviously Blake Corum, but you're talking about a much higher pick at that point. I wouldn't hate if they go veteran here just because one, I already yeah. think they need to draft a running back because they're not history tells us they won't pay Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, so that's a, a, I'd like that to be a top 150 pick and just the, the complexity of that role, you know, if they can get a guy like Jarek McKinnon or somebody that, but yeah, we will talk uh, a lot about the third down backs in, in the class. Once we get a little closer, I'm still, I, I I've never had a lock in on quarterbacks this much. So this is normally we're like, I'm starting to find those other guys and, 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 Specifically, this quarterback's class, how much of a roller coaster it's been, uh, it's made it kind of tough. I'm, I'm a little behind, honestly, on some other positions, but we'll, yeah, we'll get there. The, uh, Cup, the uh, needs, but... First mock draft for me, I don't know about you, Brian. I always do one the day after the Super Bowl. That's always my first mock draft, and we'll probably do one early February on this show at some point. We won't start doing them every week until after free agency because it's just – you don't know is we don't we don't know enough to do them regularly before you know changes all a lot. that but um I'll, I'll i'll be ready come second week in february i'll have everybody down <laughs> it's it's definitely a need like we keep yeah. stressing that that they haven't replaced james white in that role then you mentioned good point with you know ramondre he'll be in his last year so you know pierre strong's obviously gone we haven't seen much of kevin harris i think you know they're all of a sudden going to rely on him so yeah it's definitely a, a spot they could look to add 
uh already get get ready for Blake Corum right there like top 100 I brought that up yeah, oh yeah I brought that up on yeah. uh catch 22 <clears throat> and Evan had a break I don't know if you that. heard that if you guys haven't heard that last catch 22 episodes about halfway in <laughs> Somebody calls in and asks about other needs besides quarterback in the draft and mentions running back. And Evan says, you can do running back on your own time. And then I berated <clears> him about Blake Corum for about five minutes. And he's not happy. So uh, should we hit a quick, uh, quick check-in with SeatGeek here? And then we can keep going with the questions. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So now I got to find this thing. Did well, I looked this up because I saw it in my last email. Did you see the uh, Navy uniforms for Army Navy? I did see them. They look pretty clean. Submarine edition. I'm sure, pretty sure Army's come out next week. So, All right. You know, I've been looking for the best deal on Celtics tickets. And with over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports festivals, and more. With the NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons of full swing, you don't want to miss out. SeatGeek has your tickets to every game. Plus, artists like Travis Scott are on tour. They put all the tickets across the web in one place to make sure you're getting a good deal. Each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10, so look for the green dots. Green means good and red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. So as you know, I always come through for you guys. You can use my code DREAMERSPRO for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code DREAMERSPRO. Make sure you check the link in the description to download the app. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. If you're making the, if you're making the trip for that wonderful Pats-Giants game this weekend, make sure you head up exactly. to SeatGeek, $20 off. The uh, teams have <laughs> played some big games. I don't know if there'll be a bigger one than this one between these two oh, teams. Oh, yeah. Third Super Bowl. All right. Uh, back to the questions. Could Vrabel becoming the Patriots coach be a real option? Will Levis isn't catching on. I Does he want to go through a rebuild? If he does, would he rather do it here than there? I think that's a valid question. I don't know the answer to it, but I think it's a valid question. Yeah. Um, oh, this is clarifying the earlier question. Should Bill O'Brien be the one drafting the weapons oh. this upcoming draft? We're so far. That's a tough question to answer. If if it's the same staff all around, yes, he should have more input. Uh, if it's a different staff, I think you're bringing, bringing in a staff that specializes on the draft and, and accumulating young talent. So, and who knows if O'Brien will even be here at, the, at that point? Yeah, I mean, if it's this setup, right? Like he can't do much worse than what the guys have have picking got. So. Uh, that that was something we thought we all were going to be excited for when he came here. Is you know he's got the experience in the college game. He knows a lot of these guys now, so maybe that would help. But uh, I don't know how much say he had, but it, it didn't look like it helped this year at least. So, all right, uh, Dave Ziegler coming back. I don't see it. I, not 
That'd be a weird dynamic with Grow. And we know Robert Kraft has talked a lot, has lamented quite a bit on the drafts from 2019 to, you know, well, Ziegler was here. I don't think that's a guy he's rushing to bring back. All right. We got a quarterback ranking. I guess this is our thoughts. Uh, Caleb Williams, Drake may Michael Penix. Yeah. Me so far. Bo Nix. Jane Daniels got to be up there. Jane Daniels below JJ McCarthy and, and Brock Bowers. Who's a tight end. Uh, <laughs> I right now, Bo Nix at four. I have Caleb Williams and Drake may tier one. Michael Penix is like second tier quarterback, mid first round fringe. First round is Jane Daniels. <clears throat> and then Bo Nix and JJ McCarthy after that as the all floor, no ceiling and the all ceiling, no floor guy. So that's my rankings right now. Subject to change. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty much there with you on those tiers. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, we didn't talk about Jamichael hasty. Actually, they did make a move since we were last on. Your thoughts on Jamichael Hasty? So I was first wondering if he was going to take Ty Montgomery's spot or if there was going to be a, another move there, maybe, you know, free up a spot for someone like Connor McDermott to get to the active roster. But because he's a similar type of player as Montgomery, you know, special teams, they haven't got any production out of that uh, kick return unit with, with Montgomery back there. So, I was wondering if that was going to be a swap. Uh, Montgomery is still here as we speak. So uh, I don't know. Maybe he's another special teams guy to help turn that ship around here. That's what it seems like. That's kind of my hasty, hasty talk. I like to see him put him in the backfield and throw him the ball. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, that that too. That would be nice. Have we heard any rumors about Vinny Sonseri being the successor, not Mayo? <laughs> I have not. I would be very surprised if that happened. That would be one of the more surprising things they could do. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the Pats could get back in a trade for Mac Jones? I, right now, not much. No, I, I think it could get back a, a day three pick. I think that's you're going to get something yeah. for him, right? Trey Lance went for fourth. He was pretty broken too, so probably getting. Some team will always. Some teams will always be convinced on a first round talent to bring them and try to fix right. them. You, you get a fifth or sixth round pick for him, something like that. Um, how about this? Uh, how about we get weapons and linemen this draft and free agency with Mac as QB? If things don't work out, we'll have the offense we need for the next quarterback. Yeah, the only problem is this is what I was screaming all of last year, and it didn't happen. And I don't know that you trust Belichick in this group to do it this time after not doing it last time, especially because your resources are more limited now because it's one year closer to Mac Jones' rookie contract being up. So I think the clock ran out on it. It was a good strategy last year. I think the clock ran out on it. And the reality is that there's a new coach and GM. Generally, they want their own guy quarterback. Generally, the coach GM combo, they want their quarterback, their guy, even if there is a first round pick in place. So last year I was with you. I was screaming it from the rooftops. Just go put the reason. There was no great quarterbacks available. Go put the resources elsewhere. And if if it works out, great. If not, the next offseason is the one where you go get the quarterback. They didn't put any of the pieces in place. It hasn't worked out. Now you got to start from scratch. Yeah. And I'm always in the belief that if you, like, say Caleb Williams, for example, if you think Caleb Williams is that guy, like, get your quarterback, figure everything else out. Like, the quarterback is the most important part, especially this year when you're 
going to have 60 70 million dollars of cap space right you can go add pieces weapons linemen to help him that way too so you know it's not just the draft but that that's my type of thing like if you can get the quarterback if you've identified a quarterback you really like like go get that guy and figure it all out out later but actually figure it out this time right. don't just do the last three years all over again with the new quarterback speaking of the last three years somebody said do we Bill Belichick drafted Cole Stranger, Tyquan Thornton. This person says, not Bill picks, in my opinion. Why are we not blaming Grow more for poor draft picks? Uh, I would be very surprised if the same person drafted Cole Stranger, Tyquan Thornton. Those two picks have two very different profiles. So has Grow ducked some criticism? Yes. Cole Strange was a Bill Belichick pick. I thoroughly believe that. Tyquan Thornton might have been Matt Grow, but I, I don't think the same person drafted both of them. Yep. I mean, honestly, they're probably both Matt Patricia being, picks, but that's a, another story. They fit that system right. that he wanted, that speed and outside zone and, and all that good stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, Cole Strange screams Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah. What are uh, <clears throat> thoughts on Caleb Williams' character concerns? So there's the, the crying a few yeah. weeks ago was the big one, and then this past weekend, he didn't speak to the media, which uh, brought up these character concerns again. I, I don't know. I don't really care about it. I guess like none of this is shying me away from drafting Caleb Williams right now if he's on the I board. Just, so I think realistically, how's he going to handle this market? And the crying That's, stuff that yeah. I, I think I said we talked about it at the time didn't really bother me. The week before, people were saying he didn't care enough. The not talking to the media, I mean, like, look, you know what questions are coming. Are you going back? Are you declaring for the draft? Are you going back to school? Are you going to play in the bowl game? Uh, are you worried about your draft stock? Like, you've known those questions are coming. You should be ready for them. If he does that in Boston, he's going to get shredded for it. Yeah. And he has every right to do it, but you have to. Does do the players you're drafting have the mental makeup for the city? Everybody gets annoyed with Mac, and a lot, a lot of fans get annoyed with Mac and the way he talks. I just, I think that's him handling the media. He's very careful not to say anything definitive, and I get that. Uh, I, I think you're going to run into similar issues with Caleb Williams. I just, I, I wonder if if he's there, if he can handle as intensive a market as this. Yep, I'll, I'll say the one thing that does give me some worries is like the stuff with his dad right like like i don't know just that stuff kind of annoys me when his you know dad or someone has to come out and start saying stuff or or whatever but the, like the crying uh again i didn't really care about it and then the media is whatever but yeah if he does it here it's a it would be a big issue but i'm still drafting him i'm still drafting him uh, and i think uh uh, you yeah. like uh, Malachi Moore, day two. Um, I gotta, I gotta pull, pull up my my notes here. Yeah, I, I just don't think they can afford to take a safety that high. I do. Yeah. I like he's a good player. I, yeah. the the guy I really like for them, and they're not gonna have a chance to draft him, is Cam Kitchens from Miami. That guy, because they need that true deep free safety center free fielder safety. whatever blah 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 malachi moore plays he, he's kind of a combo plays a lot in the box as well 
I would. He kind of took like that Brian Branch yeah, exactly. role over, right? Yeah. yeah. Cam Kitchens is a center fielder, and that if they hadn't screwed up the offense, like if if Mac, you know, if if Mac was playing well and they hit on the Juju signing and they were getting tackle play and like the offense was it was supposed to be if they'd signed a <clears> tackle <throat> in the offseason, uh, I would be all on Cam Kitchens being the guy. Obviously, they have bigger needs on the offensive side of the ball, but maybe maybe in four years when he's a free agent, if they're still running the same defensive system, that's the guy they call, but he'd be such a good fit. Yep. Uh, I want to bring this up because I've seen a few people say this, that Mac Jones's interception against the Colts was tipped by the linebacker. No, <laughs> like I went back and looked at it again because someone mentioned it last week, and I just don't see that at all. I think he just short armed that. I don't know if, if you saw it differently, but I don't think that ball was tipped. I it might have been a little bit. Ultimately, it it wasn't tipped enough that it, to to stop it from getting to the, the ball was never going to get to Gasicki one way or the other. It might have been deflected a little bit. Uh, I I have kind of seen one angle where it looks like he just gets a finger on it. But I, yeah. not to the point where it was going to go another ten yards. It it might have been the difference between an interception and completion, but it it still doesn't redeem that throw. It's like the uh, sky cam wire. No, that year. ball hit sky the wire. Cam. That one was different. That yeah. ball hit the wire. It knocked it down. I stand by that one. That one was not Max' fault. That was ESPN screwing over the Patriots once again. I think it still would have been an interception the sky cam wire but that like it definitely hit the wire but yeah. i think it was still as a i don't know it hit it hit the and... wire pretty solid <clears throat> yeah um anything else you see there or uh i just saw one i don't know where it went. um before the season there were rumors bill belichick was offering mac jones i assume this means in trade do you think there's any truth in this bill wanted mac gone to craft wanted to keep mac uh i yeah, they probably were call I look, either they were calling around on Mac Jones or they weren't, but they wanted it public that they were. I, I don't I, I think it was more just playing mind games with Mac than anything else. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. You don't need to take your young quarterback and throw him through the blender to make sure he's tough enough. It's just not a good idea. I I, I get it. They don't yeah. want players to become complacent and all that. Fine. You don't need to torture the kid or, or any of the kids, any of the rookies. It's not just quarterbacks maybe there was a time you could do that. That's not what the modern athlete is. I think this was just Bill playing some weirdo mind games that didn't work. Yep. They made it as difficult as possible for him and he didn't handle it well, but they made it, they made it difficult. On him. Uh, assuming the Patriots get one of the quarterbacks and then land another mid first round pick for trading Bill Belichick, who would they pick? Uh, I think it's, you know, one of those wide receivers, you know, Keon Coleman, Roma Dunze, or a tackle, right? Yeah. Like that first, that mid first, if you get a quarterback at three or five or wherever, that mid first round pick in that early second round pick, wide receiver, tackle, whatever the order wants to be, like, I think those are the two kind of clear cut spots there. And again, I wouldn't rule it out going the other way either, where you take Marvin Harrison Jr. and then you use that other pick on Jaden Daniels. Yep. We talked about that before, but I wouldn't yep. roll that out either. Some people asking us about Jane Daniels draft stock. Yeah, I mean, he's in the first round conversation. I don't need to know that he's a first round lock yet. I think that he's kind of running it up right now. When we get to the pre-draft process, I don't think the weigh-ins are going to be good for him. 
the combine will see if he runs a good 40, the combine will help him. But again, that weigh in thing, teams are going to be worried about his durability, that kind of thing. How well is the interview? Um, but he's definitely, definitely, definitely in the first round conversation. He's QB three or four. You know, Penix is another guy that we're the combine will be big for him. Not even the on field drills, just how does he test medically? But those are those two guys, I think, are pretty solidly locked in three and four. And I, I, Penix will be a first round pick. I feel comfortable saying that. I'd say more likely than not, Daniels is a first round pick. Uh, but I could see something where, like Will Levis last year, where he goes like 33rd or 34th or something. And he's technically not a, a first round pick, even though he's, he's still taking up. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Uh, Want to end with this one? Not really. Uh, Fields and Kyler Murray look good Sunday. Still think we can get Caleb if we finish at three. Or I'll add, do you think we can still finish in that top three? You know, it yeah. was a good day for for the tank for the yeah. tank yesterday with the uh, Tommy DeVito getting a big win. And uh, I know Kyler lost, but he looked fairly well, and Fields looked fairly well. So maybe. Less teams up there needing a quarterback, but that would also open the possibility of a trade down for a team coming up and potentially jumping you. So, yeah, I I think that um, I still think a top three picks totally on the a, a possibility. I've said in the past too that if they're picking fifth and they need a guy in the top three, they should be able to go up and get them. Go get them. Uh, yeah. I will say I thought this was going somewhere else. I'm out on the trade for Kyler Murray thing. Guy can't stay on the field. If if you're gonna yeah. trade the top three pick for Kyler Murray at that point, just draft Caleb Williams. I I have no interest in Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean I I like Kyler, but I'm not trading a top three pick for him. I'd rather May or Caleb Williams, especially on the rookie contract. That's another big part of this. And then you know I, I don't know. I don't need Kyler Murray here. I I like Kyler, but probably wouldn't go that route. But uh, we can wrap it Hang up on. there. We got, I got one and... more. This is a very good question, actually. Why are we assuming Bill Belichick doesn't have a no trade okay. clause in his contract? I it's a fair question. I don't. the The thing about it is, does Bill want to be here? If Robert's trying to kick him out the door, does Bill really want to be where he's not wanted? And on top of that, even if he doesn't want to go, does Robert create a situation where Bill doesn't want to stay? And essentially force him out. Says, "Nope, we're bringing in another GM. Nope, you, we're we're you know I'm going to hire people on the coaching staff. I'm going to dictate who you draft." Bill won't stay and deal with that. So he might have a no trade clause or something similar to that. I don't think it matters. I think at the end of the day, if if they're done with Bill, Bill will be done with them. I, I don't think there's a scenario where the Crafts say, "All right, Bill." Thanks for 23 great years. Best of luck on what's next. And Bill says, I'm not going anywhere. I just, I, I don't, that's not how Bill operates. He's not going to be somewhere where ownership doesn't believe in him. Yep. The GM one is probably the big part of that, right? right? Like if you bring someone in over him, that's picking his players. uh, I'm sure he wouldn't be a fan of that. And then might wave said no trade clause. If he does, have one of those in his contract so yeah you could you could make kind of an environment where he doesn't want to be and, and kind of avoid that no trade clause but 
It is a good question. It's a good point because we really don't know much about the lucrative multi-year extension unless, except it sounds like it expires after next season. So that's kind of all we know about it. But we will wrap it up there and we will be back Friday, I believe, because of the Thanksgiving schedule this weekend. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and put your notifications on so you do know when we go live on Friday to break down the Patriots giants super bowl number three on sunday there so until then you can follow alex on twitter at real alex barth go read his work over at 985thesportshub.com and you can follow me on twitter at i am brian hines and go read my patriots coverage over at patspulpit.com thank you all as always for tuning in